Welcome to TheAncientPathways.com. I'm Donna. And I'm Derek. And we're glad you've decided to join us today. And let's explore the ancient pathways together. Come on. I'll see you there. Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be looking at two gardens highlighted in Scripture. Obviously, we know that uh, Genesis was the Garden of Eden that was created there very much prominent garden. Uh, would you agree with that, Donna? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Being a gardener yourself? Oh, yeah, real green thumb. <laughs> oh, so a lot of people tell me I've got a brown thumb. <laughs> so uh, I don't know why that is. But, uh, She's any, not green. It's why. definitely not green. I think everything dies. Mm. I think that's what they're referring I to. I think I have the same thumb. Yes. <laughs> Plants, oh, that is. Yes. So the, the, the two gardens that are represented in the Scripture, obviously we know are the Genesis account where the God created a garden uh, in the east and uh, and also the garden that was represented in uh, Gethsemane. And so there was two gardens there. So we want to look at those today. And um, uh, basically we understand that through that particular garden that was created in the beginning, we see that it represents a direct insight into the central, single, eternal intention of God's heart. Mm. Um, it encapsulated in that moment everything that God wanted yeah. and intended for man and for mankind, for God and the and the pleasure of God's heart mm. in creating all of that because He's. it really highlighted the sense that God actually made now something that I've always wanted. Mm. I've intended and it's been brought forth and it's now manifested in this created, tangible, material um, setting. Yeah. And uh, so we can see it, the fact is that the eternal intention of God is all mentioned right throughout Scripture in different ways and, in, and through mm-hmm. different themes, typologies and shadows, revealing that reality of God's intention, what he wanted. This is, and it's mentioned in different terms, you know, we see the 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 terms, the mystery that Paul called it. He called it the will of God. He called it the plan of God, Mm. the goal of God, the eternal purpose. And it all centers on the fact that God only had one intention. Yes. There's not multiple wills. And I think as growing up as a a Christian, you could probably, you know, relate to this yourself in some way. I was always wondering, what was the will of God? Yes, me too. What was the will of God for my life? And it was almost conceived through growing up as a believer that, well, you we know, were told that we, God had a will for our lives, and we were we were told to find out God's will for our lives. That's right. That's, that's exactly <laughs> it. And so, what there was is thousands and thousands of believers, hundreds of thousands of believers, all with individual <laughs> wills will for their lives. Lord. You know, and yep. it was about God's will for my life. That's you know, my right. life was, you know, special and it was going to fulfil mm. a will of its own. I had almost. this great calling. God has yeah, a yeah. calling on yes. everyone's individual lives. Individual lives. And they're all going to run off in millions of different directions, like fulfilling multiple tasks that, that are all uh, unrelated yeah. in some way. Yeah, that's you right. know, and, and not connected. So yes, exactly. Yeah, so it was a real um a real yeah. and, and, and still, you know, people look for what is the will of God. But yep. listen, good news everybody, and this is the good <laughs> news that God has only one will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that free? Yay. Oh, gee, what a load off. We don't have to keep looking we for don't have this to keep treasure looking. hunt, this Easter egg hunt. I know, it's crazy. There's only one to find. Is one that what you're will. <gasps> what? One will? 
That uh, sounds a lot oh, easier. Gee, that sounds. <laughs> that's really cleared the decks, hasn't it? It's <laughs> like cleaning the house out, you know, of wow. stored rubbish for years, you know. That just focuses everything. It certainly does. It? And um, so, just looking at the scripture very quickly, there's a couple of different versions of Bible versions here that sort of highlight the same thing. I'm reading from Second Timothy one nine, and uh, it basically says this for all you KGV, KGV, KG, <laughs> KGB, K, all you all Russian spies, KFC <laughs> people out there, any fairly funny uh, hot spicy chicken. I all you Russian spies, KJV, that is. So who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, mm. which was given us in Christ Jesus? And this is the key bit: before the world began. Oh. So. So hence, looking at the garden. Well, before that, before, before the world the began. Okay, so oh, God had okay. an eternal purpose. It was conceived outside of time. And the funny thing is, is that we can look at the fact that God's in eternal purpose is eternal in nature and therefore existed in the eternals before the materials mm. actually came into being. Yeah. You know, so, and yeah. if I take a verse from Genesis and it says here um, that we can see, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament and the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And we mm -hmm. can see at that time that in that particular moment that God conceived time. Yeah. And uh, and so time was a part of creation. It wasn't conceived in the, etern yeah. in the Eternals. There was no such thing as time, and it was yeah. conceived in the material world. It was set in place to, to harbour man's life, for times, seasons, mm. days, nights, and for years, etc. So yeah. it's interesting that it uh, is interesting. It's like there's all this invisible eternalness, and then there's this little portion created called time, and that goes in its little box. That's and right. then back outside of that is all this invisible eternalness Eternal. that's all around it, all over it. That yeah. this little thing called time sits in the middle of, sits yeah. in there. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, yes. It's, uh, it's bookends are eternal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, outside of it, and so mm -hmm. so yeah. So looking at the couple of those other verses, it says uh, in um, the NIV, it says before the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. uh, in the uh, Holman Christian Standard Bible, it says uh, before time began. Mm -hmm. um, in First uh, Corinthians two seven, it says uh, in the NIV, it says, "No, we declared God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden." and that God destined for our glory before time began. Wow, so there's a mystery destined before time began. Yep. Well, that just really says it, doesn't it? It does. That God really had yeah. something in mind. Outside of before creation. Before he even created time. Yep. So yep. In, in ASB it says predestined, be same verse, predestined mm -hmm. before the ages mm -hmm. to our glory. KJV again, not the KFC Bible. Okay, KJV uh, says God ordained before the world unto our glory. So that same that's verse awesome. in First Corinthians. So that's awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot uh, to sort of realise that boiling it down to one purpose, God had one mm. purpose. So so good. The two gardens. Uh, looking at this today, um, I'm 
probably doing a lot of the talking at the That's moment. Okay. But, uh, That's okay. That's all right. That's the way we've got our notes. <laughs> and we're sort of trying to work along that 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 line and that thought. But uh, the first garden, actually, in Genesis 2, 8 and 9, says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we can see there... Uh, God's a gardener. He planted the yeah. garden and uh, and he made everything that was going to be conceived in that single thought and, and placed it in that garden. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a number of different elements that were seen in that garden at the, at the start. We can see, okay, <clears throat> so we can see in that verse there in uh, Genesis 2, 8 and 9, we can see there was a garden. Mm-hmm. God planted a garden. We can see there was a man because he put a man in the garden. Yeah. We can see there was a tree and he says they made every tree grow in that garden. There was a specific tree, the tree of life. Mm. It was placed in the middle of the garden. There was mm. also another tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. In um, Genesis 2:15 to 17, there was a law given, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of all the trees in the garden you may freely eat, and we know the rest from that point, that mm-hmm. there was a law given by God. You can't eat of that other tree. Mm-hmm. Um, Genesis 3:6 says that... Um, we see the, the will and the choice, and it says that she took from its fruit and ate, and he ate with her. Mm-hmm. So there was a will and there was a choice mm-hmm. also. So out of all of those verses there, we can see those elements that were contained and it all took place in that setting. And that choice really took place when Satan came along. Mm. And seemingly it was Satan that offered this other choice, mm. saying, did God really say? You know, planting that seed of doubt. And so then just by planting that little option in his mind, Adam then had a choice to make. Exactly. At that point. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And so in actual fact, the choice, I suppose, um, Adam had a will uh, which was uh, reflecting the image of God. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. So the choice actually gave opportunity to bear that image. Yes. In a way, so yes, that having the choice, having that tree of knowledge of good and evil there, which was planted there by God the gardener, that yep. was intentional, yes. wasn't a mistake. No, um, was actually God's gift to Adam. Yes, because it presented him with the capacity to choose. That's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. He wouldn't have had the choice that was, I suppose. He had lots of choices to make, mm. make animals, give them names, and lots yeah, of people yeah, not make animals, right. but give them names. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I hate to see what Adam would have made. But, balloon uh, animals. Balloon animals, yes. <laughs> we didn't know that about Adam, did we? He was a balloon artist. Jack of all trades. So, um, so yeah. Um, yes, so there was a tree, a There man, was that tree. A law, choice, yes. and a will in Correct. the garden. Mm. So it was all pointing to a couple of things here, and that the – the eternal purpose of God was being revealed in all of these elements. Mm-hmm. And um, at the centre, the, ga- the tree that was at the centre of the garden is simply highlighting the importance of that particular item to God. Mm. The fact that the tree of life was at the centre of the garden, yes, it's highlighting that it held a central thought in God's yeah. intention. And, um, and, you know, Listen, at the end of the day, we know that it was the tree of life. We've seen representations, images of that typology and that sort of stuff. So it was representing God's life in that tree. Um, it's, it's also what surprises me that where it says, And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, 
which is on the face of all of the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Mm. And so the, the fact the fruit was born to ingest. Yes. It carried with it seed. And so the seed was representative of its reproduction after yes. its own yes. kind. Yes. So if Adam, when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree actually almost represented a reproduction after its own kind. Yes. It produced in Adam independent knowledge from yeah. God. And so he, Adam didn't need to go to God in a sense. And that was the by eating of that tree. By eating of that yes. tree, it created in him an independence because it gave him the knowledge of good and evil. And so that's right. Because Satan said, if you eat of that tree, you'll, you'll be like God. Yeah. yeah. And if he hadn't eaten of that tree, then everything he had would have come from God. So by, mm. By eating of that tree of knowledge, yeah, he, you're right. He was basically saying, well, I I want to do it on my own. Yeah. I don't want to have to have God as my supply. That's yeah. right. That's right, yes. Which is that independence. Independence. Yeah, that, I want to do it myself and I can do it by myself. I'm capable and all of that. Exactly. Yeah. We know the result. Yeah. <laughs> we're all living in we're the We're living all living examples of that, that result, that <laughs> choice of Adam. So... When you see the nature of what that tree bore then, we see almost like a, a contrast of the tree of life against mm. the result of Adam eating from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. The contrast is that if Adam had eaten of the tree of life, he would have ingested life. Yes. Okay. So the fact that life has always got something to do with God Mm -hmm. that the tree of life contained something of God himself mm -hmm. because it says in the beginning, you know, when we look at the scriptures or we look at first couple of verses of John, mm -hmm. first chapter of John is actually what they call the new Genesis. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. we see that in the beginning, because it's a repetition of Genesis or a, a mirroring um, Genesis again, mm -hmm. in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. <laughs> All things were made through him, and without him nothing was that was made was made. Mm. In him was life. Yes. There we see it, right yes. there. So in him was life. Yeah. And so the life is an active part of who God is. God is life. Mm. He is life. He is light. He is love. He is all these elements of that are... More than elements, they are him. Mm. They are his very person. So Yes, that's right. So we can see that the reproduction of life would have taken place inside of Adam. Mm. If he had eaten the tree of life, yep. it would have been the life of God reproduced in Adam. Yeah. So we right. see right there that Adam's choice if he'd chosen to eat from the tree of life, which was God's intentions all the way along, because he'd already put a law there in the garden. The law, do not the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil will be the day you die. Mm. So therefore, contra contrast contrasting that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the right word, I think, um, we see that the day you eat of that tree, you will surely live. Yes. Live more than what he was already living. Yes. So, but he was living then with another life within him. Mm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what you're saying before is that this original 
thought of God, this eternal purpose, this mystery that was from before the beginning, mm. was all brought into time and space there in God's first creation in the setting where he put man. Yes. That was all, all the elements were there in the garden, as yes, you said. absolutely. All the elements of his eternal thought, his eternal purpose were there, especially, uh, you know, that the tree of life was in the centre, yes. as you said, yes. in the centre of the garden. So we always put what's important to us in the centre. Mm. We use that term, don't we? It's yes. in the centre of our lives, the centre of our focus. And we talk about Christ being central. Mm. And we see there that this tree of life, which contained life, mm. God's life, yes. divine life, yes. the word yes. that was with God and was God in the beginning, was central. Yes. And and it was for partaking. Yes. It was for food. It was It was to be ingested and to... And to create kind of its own kind yes, exactly. inside of mankind. Absolutely. And there it is. There's yes. the purpose, God's thoughts. Man was made wanted. from the soil. The seed was planted in the soil. Yeah. And out of the soil sprang the mm. reproduction of that same life. Yeah. So God's intention mm. was that his life would indwell Adam. Yes. That was Amen. the whole idea. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and so for that, all mankind. For all mankind. Because yeah. as we can see, so, uh, in Adam, all died. Yes, because he chose the wrong tree. Yes, so yes, there's in Christ there's, now all live. That's it. Which is my cue. Yeah, to talk about the second garden. Take that cue. <laughs> so the second garden, as mm. you said, yeah. it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes, and so in that garden, we see obviously that's where Jesus was betrayed mm. by Judas and to be taken by the soldiers and crucified. But the same thing that took place in the first garden, in the Garden of Eden, was actually taking place right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. There was a man. Mm. There was a tree. Right. There was a law. There was a will. And there was a choice. Same deal. That's exactly cool. the same. In the second garden, the original plan and intention of God was actually being restored. Wow. That's annoying. That blows me out. <laughs> that blows me out. So let me get into it. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so Jesus being the last Adam, mm. because he was flesh yes. and blood with yeah. a soul, even though he was God, he was also son of man. Yes. But he was the last Adam, the last of that race. He was the second man. Mm. And there he was in the garden and he was facing a tree. Mm. A particular tree. And with that tree came a choice. In fact, he actually faced the same tree. Yes. And the same choice that Adam faced. Okay. So you might say, how could he have been facing the same tree? I'm talking about the cross. How could he have been facing the same choice? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about the cross, and he knew that his hour had come to give up his life in such a horrible, hideous way, i.e. being hung on a tree. Mm. So because the cross was the tree of life for all mankind, yes, it was the same tree. Wow, yeah, yeah. It was exactly the same, had the same life in it because yes. it was the life, it was the tree by which we all had given to us this life of Christ to indwell us, to create kind of his own kind in all of humanity. Mm. It's the same tree. Yeah, wow. <laughs> 
So through the cross, all of humanity could be restored to the Father, Mm. just as God intended in the first garden with the first tree. Mm. It was also a tree of death. It what was did that death. represent as yep, a death? That's absolutely. The thing. Yeah, I mean, more than physical, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was death on so many levels. Yes. So many levels, as was the tree of knowledge. It was on so many levels. Yep. It was the it was the death of humanity, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that one choice represented the death of all yeah. mankind. And there was no coming back from that, no. unless Christ came to restore it and do it all over again. Yeah. Which he did here yes. in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is amazing stuff. How big is our Lord? You see that individual choice, because it was confronted there, I suppose, with Adam and Eve uh, sort of making that choice, is that the choice to not take that independence was death to themselves. Yes. Because it meant I don't rely upon myself then. Yeah. I rely upon another. Exactly. Which means that. All of their choices are given up. Yes. To yes. another. Yeah, because Adam did have that choice. He did have that choice. And he had to, even if he, I don't know how long he took to think about it, <laughs> mm. but he did have the choice to obey God or not obey God. And so if he had obeyed God, he would have laid down his own will. Because God gave him the choice, gave him the opportunity to have a choice mm. so that he could exercise free will. If he'd gone with what God had said, then he would have chosen to lay down his own will. That's right, yes. Which, as you're saying, is like a death. Yes. He would have chosen his own death Mm. in order to follow the Father. Yes. But he didn't, of course. Yeah. But the cross represents the law of sin and death. Yes. So there's the law, again, present in this Mm. garden Mm. through the cross because that's what Christ was facing. But it was life to the same level as the tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Because the cross made the way for Christ's life to indwell all God's people. Mm. Again. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's amazing. In order to obtain or restore this life for humanity, there had to be a death. Just as Adam was given the opportunity to deny his own life so that he could have life. Yes. (laughs) That's right. Jesus was faced with his father's will that he give up his own life so that we could all have life. (laughs) Yes, the preceding generations would all live. Yep. And that meant that Christ could become a life-giving spirit. That's true. He prays to his Father in Luke 22.42, this amazing, amazing prayer that just breaks your heart. But it it reveals so much of Jesus' humanity and this love for his Father and the fact that he had his own will. Yeah, that's Jesus true. had a will. So he was the son of man in that moment, yep, wasn't he? He was. He says yes. there in Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Mm. Nevertheless, there it is. Mm. Not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Nevertheless. And looking at this whole beautiful picture unfolding of this second garden, this re restoring that's going on here right in that place, you see that the cross, like his face, Jesus faced the same tree, as I just said, in the cross in a few different ways because he was going physically to the cross yes, to physically die and to physically and spiritually and mentally, emotionally, in every way experience this horrendous death. 
But he also lived out of the cross anyway. His whole life on earth, he lived out of the cross because the very nature and the essence and the character of the cross existed in him that he could he could say, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not mine, but yours be done. There's yes. the cross yes. being acted out already. In the wilderness of temptation, he lived out of the cross. He, yeah. he, he was the son of God. Mm. Satan said, if you're the son of God, do this, do this. Well, he was the son of God, mm. but he still chose his father's will. So he still lived out of the cross, yes. this sacrificial living. Um, and he said that, you know, his food was to do his father's will. His food, there you go again. Yeah. The works that I do are the Father's works. And I don't do what I do. I only do the things I see the Father doing. That's it. I only say the things I hear the Father saying. So it's almost, it's reflective of the fact that Christ did nothing from a place of saying, this is what I want. It's It's like he was the perfect Adam. Yes, he was. (laughs) If I can put it that way. Yes. Um, Yeah, that scripture you just said there, John 5, 19 and 20. Mm. Uh, Truly, truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself mm. unless he sees the Father doing it. What dependence is that? For whatever the Father does, the Son also does. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes. You can see, I suppose, there the, the self-denial, but yeah. it's all, you also see there the containment of his Father's life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's He was right. actually living out of another life. Yeah. And, um, and you know, we can mm. see that in, uh, yeah. you know, where Jesus was baptised. And in a way, you can think to yourself, oh, was Jesus' baptism where the, the dove came and settled upon him? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the dove was a sign of peace, mm-hmm. that he had no problem with this man. Yeah. It was, it was peace yeah. between him and yeah. God. Yeah. There was no conflict between him and his father. Um, mm. But the, uh, you know, uh, I suppose the flames of fire appeared on the disciples' heads when the, on the day of Pentecost, which, uh, you know, <laughs> I suppose highlights there was some concern. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't really a dove of peace. It wasn't a dove of peace. <laughs> it was just, so, yeah. con- as you said, consuming yeah. fire. Mm. Yeah, but this beautiful relationship between the Father and the Son. And as you just said, it's like, so we're seeing Christ living out of, the cross just by his nature of who he is mm. in that he only lives out of the father's life and what the father's talking about and what the father's doing but also the father is only expressing himself through the son yes so right. there's this mutual dependence upon mm. one another yeah yeah so beautiful and so rich um but so yeah just coming back to the fact that Jesus had his own will but he gave that up for his father yeah. which could have, should have happened in the first garden. Mm. Um, but here it's restored. Jesus is restoring. Oh, just one more thing on the on the nature of the cross mm. in Christ is the fact that um, he was the lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Yes. Like, so that's just, that's just a beautiful scripture I've got written there and I forgot to read that in Before Revelation. the creation of the world. Yeah, yeah in Revelation 13, 9. Mm. So, that just confirms that that's who Christ is. Mm. He is sacrificial love toward his father, mm. the expression of his father's love. Yeah, that's his character. Is that's his who character. he is. Yes, yeah. right. So he was never, ever away from the cross, really. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so it just brings us to the fact that 
Jesus went ahead and laid down his life. He laid down his soul life by laying down his own will to take up his father's will. And he did this. Why? He did this to restore to the father what had been lost. That was always the father's desire. His indwelling life. Came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yeah. It was the the father's original intention. Yeah. The father's original purpose. Yeah. Was restored by the son. And that's the joy that was set before Jesus. Hebrews 12, 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, yeah. scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yes, wow. His joy was not, oh, I'm so happy now they're all saved. It's like, Father, you've got what you always wanted. Yes. We've got it back, Dad. Yeah. Wow, that's unreal. Isn't, isn't that precious? Yeah. And that reminds me of something I read the other day about the, the prodigal son. Yeah. We always talk about the prodigal son and what he went through, but um, I think it was Watchman Nee said that uh, he highlights the fact that we forget about the father's loss. That's right. It, yeah, that's... it was the father's loss that yeah. was the great thing. They He celebrated once his son was restored. Yeah. So he's, he, the life of his son was restored. The, mm. the joy, the delight of the father was restored, and that was that God created something in the very beginning that would contain his mm. life, that would display his life that mm. would that would express his life mm. that would be a, a shining living embodiment mm. of who he was you know adam was made in the image of god and therefore he was to bear the image of god yes. he was created to rule over all things in sovereignty sort of over all of god's creation mm. And you can see that uh, there was a, a a place of communion you know and it's funny you know where you see in the garden that that god walked in the cool of the evening with Adam, but yeah. he was external to Adam at that point. Yeah, yeah. God wanted more than yeah, an external sure relationship did. with Adam. Yeah. And we can see through all of these elements the original thought of God of ingesting and taking life, God's yeah. life, Adam, to take that life into himself for mankind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then we can see once it was all restored, Jesus said to the disciples, now wait. Mm-hmm. in Jerusalem for mm-hmm. the promise mm-hmm. of the Father. Mm-hmm. And it was in Pentecost that we see the Spirit come mm-hmm. and fill mm-hmm. all of the disciples yeah. with his life. Yes. With yes. Him, he was now embodied in the church. Amen. Corporately. In the corporate church. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and life, God's own life, indwelt yeah. man, yeah. which was his original intention. Yeah. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Once it does. you see it, you, and just when you said in the beginning like that, God actually only had one purpose and we don't have to keep looking for all these different purposes and reasons and wills for our life. Yes. But to know that there's only one. There is. God only has one. He's always only had one. That's right. He always will only have one. Mm. Um, just simplifies our Christian life. And, it, and it's just like, well, if he's only on about one thing, mm. Well, then I need only be about one thing. That's right. Yeah. What am I doing with all these other things that just, you know, wipe them off the table and just get on to what God's on about? Mm, that's right. It's only one thing. So we see at this point, I suppose, it's um, that where Paul says in Galatians 2.20, he says, it's no longer mm. I that live, but Christ who lives within me. Yeah. It was in one verse we've quoted so often, encapsulated the very 
intention of God. Yes. You know, we see also that That's it says right. that Christ in you, the hope of glory, That's right. and that we have God's life within us. Yeah. And so there's more to this whole story. Yeah, and it's not not even God's life within us plus our life. No. It's like it's no longer That's I it. who live. It's no longer I that but lives. But it's Christ living in me. Exactly. Yes. And uh, we can see that just because what Paul says, he says that I, this life I now live in the flesh, I live by yes. the faith of the Son of yes. God. You know, so there's... Yes, because we're still living beings here on earth in flesh are. and blood and bone and with soul and, and yes. all of that. Yeah. But we're not living, we're no longer living out of our soul, but the tree of life has come to us again mm. in Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane when he went to the cross mm. and has been restored to the Father, the Father's will, of which we partake of yes. Christ's life, yes, to the pleasure of the Father. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. The ongoing outworking of all of this is another story in itself. And, yeah. Um, you know, we, le- we have uh, Christ's life through the Holy Spirit living in us that we are we now live from that life. That was the original intention. So. That's right. And as you say, that's an ongoing thing. That mm. that is our Christian life now. Yeah. It's now this life of learning that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who's living out of me. And but this life that I do live in the flesh, mm. I'm living by His faith. Mm. And so that that now is our Christian life, our Christian yes. existence, leading us to the fact that God's eternal purpose is eternal, it Mm. is outside of time, Mm. being lived out through us in time and space now, but being fulfilled, Mm. which leads us to, wait for it, a third garden. A third garden. Yes. What? What? A third garden. It's a third garden we find in the book of Revelations in the New Jerusalem. So the Bible starts off with a garden. We have a beautiful garden there. We have a restorative garden mm. in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. and we have the completed, perfect garden in the uh, New Jerusalem, Revelation twenty-two one to five. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. There's the Lamb again, the yeah. sacrificial yes. Christ, in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there, they need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. That's a completion mm. of that purpose, isn't it? Amazing. And um, it's healing for the nations. Yeah. That garden. Mm. So, yeah, and that tree. Well, we've uh, <laughs> come to the end of this uh, podcast and uh, we're going to finish up here and we thank you for joining us, everybody. And it's been fun. Been it's been talking. exciting to discover our Lord in this amazing way. And we hope that um, all two of you can join us again next week. <laughs> and bring a friend. Bye. Bye.